be out, you know.
I, at this time, I am going to ask um, these graduates to please come up. Um, Sister Desiree Banks, Sister Madison Davis, Sister Jaden Ward, Brother Rashad Daniels, um, Sister Selena Dorsley, who is actually not with us, but she's online. We love you, Selena. Um, Sister Mason Kleinen, and Sister Belle Rodriguez. The song we just sang, you know, we sang about how fear is not our future. And these young people are getting ready to step into their futures. And with God, you guys do not have to fear because you have God with you. You know, fear is not your future. He is. So, yes. Um, so for our high school graduates, we want to honor each and every one of them because they and I just love them so much, y'all. They're, they're just amazing. Um, so our first graduate we want to honor is Sister Desiree Bay. Yes, we love her so much. Desiree graduated um, from Bradwell Institute, and she plans to attend Mercer College in the fall. Yes, yes, we're so excited. She also graduated, you guys, with a ton of honors and all these scholarships, all these amazing things, which was so cool, and we're so proud of her. She's worked so hard to be where she is. sponsored by Chick-fil-A, thank goodness, yes, in the fall. So we are so proud of her, and if you guys go to Chick-fil-A, you see her beautiful face, or her mom's beautiful face, we love them so much, and we love Chick-fil-A so much, so promo Chick-fil-A. Um, but it's Sunday, so you can't go to dinner. So. All right, our next awesome high school graduate is Jaden Moore. Yes, we love Jade. She actually um, graduated from Liberty County High, and she plans to attend Georgia Southern in the fall. Yeah, we're so proud of her. These high school graduates have worked so, so hard for where they are at. And we are so excited for them and their plans for the future. Yes. So um, we also have some college graduates. Um, Sister Selena Dorsley, who is actually not with us, but we still want to recognize her. She graduated from Liberty University. So I talked to her the other day, and she's already started it, and she's loving it, and so we're super excited for her and so proud of her. Um, our next awesome college grad is Sister Mason Kleinen. Yes, we're so excited for her. Mason graduated from Arizona State University with a bachelor's in biochemistry. as well for medical because she wants to be a doctor you guys like that's amazing that is so cool <laughs> and then our last college graduate who we love so dearly is Belle Rodriguez she graduated from Stuart Falls College with a bachelor's in nursing medical field and she actually is going to be starting at Joseph's Candler in the emergency department, and y'all, she's actually starting work next week. So we're super excited for her. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You guys, please give me the graduates a hand. We love them. We're so proud of them. Y'all, 
would you stand? We'd like to honor you if we missed anyone. Brother Duvall, come on. Brother Duvall graduated from... Amen. Let's give those graduates a great hand. While you're giving them a hand, our children's church can be this find the lyrics to copy them because it was just the words were speaking to my spirit so let him turn it in your favor what you work it for your good because he's not done with what he started he's not done until it's good somebody say that he's not done until it's good so let him turn it in your favor and watch him work it for your good He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. The next verse says, if you're ready for a breakthrough, just open up and just receive. Because hey, what he's pouring out is nothing that you've ever seen. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in my life. I'm excited at what the Lord is doing in these graduates' lives. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in your life today. I believe God is at work on your behalf, on our behalf, and He is ministering in a mighty way. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 37. Before you stand up, before you stand up, if you helped with our food ministry yesterday or Friday, in any way, shape, or form, I want you to stand. If you unloaded, loaded, if you went to Savannah, if you helped, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand. I know there's more that's not standing. I know there's more that's not standing. Stand on up. Stand on up. Let's give them honor. And thank you. Thank you. I believe we fed around 200 people, a little over 200 people on yesterday. Praise God. And uh, I'm just going to let you know before I break into the scripture, uh, Brother Tim Aldridge recovering from surgery. He is doing well. He's improving each day. He will be in there for a few days. So if you want to make your way, Western Sizzling's a great little restaurant over in uh, Jessup. If you get hungry for lunch, and you want to ride over there and grab you some lunch at Western Sizzling, stop by Wayne Memorial Room 450. Take five minutes and tell Brother Tim hello and that you miss him in church and that you pray for him. I think that'd be a good thing. Amen. Anybody going to take me up on that? Anybody going to do that? All right. I'm looking for any hands. No hands. How many is going to pray about it? All right. We've got a few hands. And next week, Sammy Hutto's uh, our uh, financial pastor is going to be having triple bypass surgery on Tuesday. So like Wednesday through next Saturday, if you're on your way and you want to grab something at the Olive Garden or Caravas or McDonald's or Taco Bell or something over there, stop in at Culver's. Anybody ever had a Culver's burger? Yeah. Culver's. Stop in and 
pray with Brother Hutto. You don't have to stay long. Swing by five minutes. Tell him hello. You miss him. means the world to somebody when they're sick. Can I get an amen? It's called ministry. It's called ministry. It's called ministry. Let's give the Lord a hand of prayer. Genesis 37. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger. In the land of Canaan, and these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17, was feeding the flock. How many are 17? One. Any of these? Y'all all 18 now? No 17 year old? Okay. And uh, was feeding the flock with his brethren, the lad with his sons. And with the sons of Zilpah and his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. How many does your parents love you more than all the other brothers and sisters? Don't, don't raise your hand. And, uh, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when he saw his brethren, his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. Now, when I saw this, I thought about the children of God and the children of the world. And I thought, when you were born again and you were covered with His blood, it, it, it's almost like this coat of many colors. There is a favor of God that is over your life. You've got to realize that you think... You know, I, I've seen people come in here... And I've seen young people uh, receive the Holy Ghost, be born again of the water and the Spirit. And they walk out of here and their parents give them a hard time about living for God. It's almost as if their parents would rather them be at a bar room or a club, becoming an alcoholic, smoking cigarettes that's going to give them lung cancer. Taking drugs that's going to, I couldn't even begin to tell you all the damage that meth does than them actually live for God. I don't understand that. I don't know. There's something about being in the kingdom of God. There's something about being in the church. Oh, hallelujah. But it says, this happened to Joseph when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren. And it's not that God loves you more than them. It's that you chose to follow Him. And, and, and they chose to live according to their own desires and their own ways. But they see the favor of God. It, it'll happen. You, you're at work and you don't mean for anything to happen. And you didn't ask for anything to happen. But the favor of God happens. And all, all, all of a sudden your boss notices you. And all of a sudden their boss notices you. And even sometimes their boss notices you. And, 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 and you start getting this favor. And when you get this favor, people get, they get angry. And Joseph dreamed a dream. This didn't help. It didn't help. And he told his brethren. They already don't like him. And now he's going to tell them his dream. And they hated him yet more. And he said unto him, Here I pray you this dream. <laughs> Joseph, stop. Get it. They don't want to hear your dream. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to figure out who you're telling your dream to. They don't want to hear it. Amen. 
and, 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 and there's no reason in gasping your pearls before the swine. Isn't that the... And for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. Behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. Isn't that a cool thing? And just go ahead, I'll stand here, y'all bow to me. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of what Joseph is really saying. 17 years old, I mean, it, it, it takes a little while sometimes. And, uh, and his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream. Now he's going to make them even madder than they were before. Isn't that right? And uh, I want to preach a message just simply entitled, God has a dream for your life. God has a dream for your life. Brother Munden or Brother Parks, would you lead us in prayer? Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, to call on your holy name, Lord Jesus. We know, Lord, that you have greater things, Lord, in line for us, Lord. And we pray, Lord, this morning, as our pastor ministers to us, Lord Jesus, as he speaks your word, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, that you would open up our hearts, Lord, and do your surgery, Lord. We thank you, Lord, we praise you, and we ask, Lord, that you would speak mildly through our pastor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand of praise. After that, you can in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We were at a funeral yesterday. The preacher mounts the pulpit. And Sister Cheryl Warren, a member of our church for over 30 years, her mother uh, passed away, and the service was yesterday in Atlanta. But the preacher uh, got up to the pulpit and, and understand he he's a doctor. He's, so, so he's very educated, but he, he was also sharing about his mother who had 16 children. And when he said that, I just sat there for a minute. How does one do that? 16 children. I mean, that's anybody wanting to, is that, is that your plan? You want 16 children? I think six children are wonderful. Uh, children are wonderful. 16 would be amazing. I mean, could you imagine? That would be awesome having 16 kids. And, uh, and so, and he was right. He said, my mother was so smart, but she didn't have a high school education. And uh, he, he said, and, and he's a doctor. But he said, but I would rather go to heaven knowing my ABCs than go to hell having a PhD. I'm not saying you don't need an education, but saying we need to put our priorities first, and our priorities need to be our relationship with God. That's the main thing, and the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So we got several graduates that graduated this weekend. Congratulations! I'm excited for you. It's amazing. We've got college graduates. I think Belle even is starting her new career Monday morning, bright and early. And, uh, and, and, and but not only them, many of you. I am 53 years old, and I'm 54. Thank you. <laughs> 54. I forgot. That changed yesterday, didn't it? 
I'm going to tell you by the end of service, but I have got this two-year-old princess that wants to sing happy birthday to me at about 5.30. So I am bolting for Orlando as fast as you can think about it. And I'll here. She was upset with me yesterday. She wanted us to come down yesterday. So I thought, we'll come tomorrow. But, uh, so, so we've got a lot that have graduated, but I'm 53. And I feel like God still has 54. I've been saying that a year. It's hard to change. Now 54, and I feel like God has got. I, I, maybe I feel older, but I still feel like God's got. But one of these things says that I think I saw it up here. Time to adult. But that's not the one I was looking for. Let's see. The best is yet to come. I believe that the best is yet to come. Whether you're 16 or 60, 7 or 70, I believe that in life God has got some greater things ahead for you. You don't have to be 70. God wants to give you a dream at 17 or at 18 or 16. But you don't have to be 17. You can also be 78. And God can still give you a dream. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? You also don't have to be 17. I mean, Jeremiah was in his mother's womb. And, and God knew him. Amen. And I want to say this. Many here, God has spoken. Our Savior has spoken to you. About His will. About His plan. And about his purpose. Now it's something that's very personal perhaps. And it's something maybe some of you felt what God has spoken into your life was so big that you kind of didn't believe what he said. Is there any takers on that? And he, he's giving you dreams that are beyond what you can conceive. He's giving you visions beyond what you think you can achieve. And He's whispered thoughts into your mind that you wonder, where did that come from? Do you not realize who I am? Or in other words, who I'm not. Amen. God has a plan, a will, and a purpose for your life. And God has you here for that reason. You didn't happen in here accidentally or by chance. But you are here today because God has a purpose and God has a plan. And it is a specific plan and it is a specific will. And it is what He is calling you to do and what He has called you to do. Now in life sometimes we can kind of get ourselves messed up, tune into the wrong station on our radio and we hear a lot of static or we hear a lot of noise and that noise causes us to go to the wrong station. But sometimes we've got to get back in tune with the will of God and the plan of God because sometimes we want to do what we want to do more than we want to do what God's will is and we don't realize the mess that that's going to lead us to. Can I get an amen? Come on, where are you at? Can I get a witness, church? Can I get a hallelujah this morning? Is anybody with me? Jeremiah 39. How many have quoted that? Let me look over here. How many have quoted that scripture? Anybody? 
have these great plans for you. How many of you quoted that, especially maybe at your graduation? God's got plans for you. Amen. In Jeremiah 39, it says in verse 10, the Lord says, speaking to Israel, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my promise to bring you back to this place, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Oh, it used to be on the wall. It's not anymore. Plans to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And we grab a hold of that. How many, how many have grab, grabbed a hold of that scripture before? You quoted it. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I, I, I've quoted it so many times, snatched it. It belongs to me. It's mine. God's speaking to me. He's talking about my future. He's talking about your future. And He's got plans to prosper you and plans not to harm you. And that's beautiful. And it says, and I will listen to you. Isn't it beautiful when you pray, you know He's listening to you. And then, but we, we it seems like we stop after verse 12. And, and, and like that, that's great. That's awesome. And we need to leave the rest out. But the rest of it's kind of important. Right. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right. All your heart. You see, God's purpose and God's plan is not this partial will of God. It's not this compromise, wheeling and dealing with God. And, and God, I'll do this if you'll do this. And I, I'll go this far if you'll go this far. And God, if you want me to do that, let me have this and we'll make a deal. God's not really, let's make a deal, right? right. And, and here He says, very specifically, He says, when you seek me with all your heart. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Stand with me. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask God, God, have I sought you with all my heart? Or is there a portion that I am holding back? I want to seek you with my whole heart today, Lord. I want to seek you with my all today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that, clap your hands for another Amen. God's will for your life. Uh, this, there, there's, there's the will of God, and then there's not the will of God. All right? There, there's like this demarcation line. There's the plan of God. There's what God wants to do in you, what God's going to do in your life, what God's call upon your life is, what, what God wants to do in your life. There's this beautiful, amazing, wonderful plan, the will of God. But then there's also not the will of God. All right, so there's the will of God, and then there's not the will of God. And there's really, you're, you're either in it or you're not, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, he's heard of the permissive will of God. Yeah. You, you see, really, in, in reality, there's either the will of God or there's not the will of God. You're either in it or you're not. You're either running toward Him or you're running away from Him. You're either getting closer to Him or you're getting further away from Him. And, and God's plan and God's purpose is for you to draw closer and closer to Him and not to run from Him. Now, I know people have used the term permissive will of God. I don't know if you've ever heard that. 
But it, I don't know how much it's really the permissive will of God as much as it's just the grace of God having mercy on hard-headedness as we are running from our Savior. That's what that is. I, I, I was in this thing one time that I called the permissive will of God. And I was always just, I mean, in a nutshell, I was out of the will of God. It sounded better for a preacher to say I'm in the permissive world. It, it, it just sounded better, even though there's in or out. Hey, can I get an amen? Yeah. And, and so there's God's will for your life. And when you surrender to God's will, I'm telling you, you can run from Him. You can, you can try to not do what He has for your life. You can try to get out of it all you want to. If God spoke to you. And I'm talking to somebody right now because I believe that God has spoken to somebody. I don't know if it was last night in your bed. I don't know if it was the other night in your prayer closet. Maybe it was at graduation and, and you were either on the field or in the bleachers. Or perhaps, you know, it was a few weeks ago or a few months ago and God spoke into your life. And, and now you really, you know, it's not comfortable sometimes what God wants us to do. Ask an introverted preacher who God calls to preach. And he's very happy behind the computer like that brother back there in the back corner of the church. And God says, I want you to preach my gospel. God doesn't make mistakes. And let me say this. You're not an accident. You're not a mishap. You matter to God and you matter to the kingdom of God. You're not an incident. You are the perfect plan and will of God that He has called you to, that He has formed you to be in this hour. You are not an accident, but you are a plan. You are not an incident, but you are strategically placed for such a time as this in this life to be what God calls you to be. And I've talked in the first service the last few weeks about salvation. How many's been born again before? How many's not been born again? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to put you on the spot kind of preacher. I'm not going to call you up out front. I don't think I am anyway. Whatever the Lord tells me. But he's a gentleman, so I try to be as well. And, uh, and, and so we find ourselves here, and you've got the will of God, you've got the plan of God, but sometimes we run from that, and we... we we kick against it, kind of like Saul kicked against the pricks. And it, it's not what we want to do because it's not our plan. It's not what we imagine for our life. When God filled me with the Holy Ghost, when, when He saved me, I, it was, I was 24 years old and I was a paramedic in nursing school. I was married to this wonderful, beautiful lady and we had, we had one child at that point in time and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I was in nursing school and, and God filled me so full of the Holy Ghost and He said, I want you to preach the gospel. And I was like, okay, well I'll keep doing all this and I'll preach the gospel. But that wasn't His plan right there. Right. 
And, and, and I didn't have, I, I didn't think I had it. My, my parents weren't in that church that I was in, and I, I wasn't raised in this, and I hadn't been to Sunday school, and I didn't know anybody or anything. I didn't know the neighboring pastor, and I didn't know anybody else, but God just kept speaking into my spirit and into my life. I want you to preach my gospel. And I kept fighting and resisting. And I'm like, no, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and this is my plan. And, and let me tell you what, if you keep, go ahead, keep doing his, your plan. When he's got another plan. And you're going to find yourself in the biggest mess you've ever seen. I'm also a testament to if you'll surrender to his will. If you will surrender to His will. I surrendered to His will. I quit school. I, I, I said, no, it's about the will of God right now. I'm called to preach the gospel. I've got to get some word in me. I've got to, I've got to figure these things out. He's calling me. I, I quit everything I was doing. And I submitted myself wholly to the Lord. I did. When, when you seek the things of God, you're supposed to seek those things first supposed to seek those things first. I sought those things first. And, and, and when, you, when you put God first, He'll put everything else first in your life. And, and, and I went to Bible college and, and I started preaching and then I was a youth pastor and then God called me here to pastor in Hinesville and I've had a lot of other great opportunities along the way, but guess what else I've gotten to do? Also, that nursing degree that I was in, that I forsook, God brought it back around for me. And I was able to do it. But it didn't become a stumbling block or a snare for me or something to trip me up. I put God first. I put the will of God first, the plan of God first. And hear me, if you'll put, if you'll seek God first, He'll add all that other stuff. That's what I call stuff. He'll add you got to seek Him. You've got to seek His will. You've got to pray, God, what do you want me to do? Father, what is your plan? Because I learned this. And that's, I learned that if I would listen to God, I would stay out of a lot of potholes that other people have to walk through. And I could just scoot around them if I would listen to Him and get right back and keep on my journey. I'm here to tell you, God's calling somebody this morning. Perhaps He's calling you to be born again. You, you've resisted Him and he's been, he's been speaking things to you. You don't even understand what He's speaking to you. But you just know you've heard Him in the midnight hour. You, you know that maybe, maybe you've been born again of the water and the Spirit, but perhaps God has been tugging at you and saying, I want you to go further. There's more I have for you. I'm not satisfied with where you are, but I've got greater plans for you. And I've got some greater things that I want you to do. And, 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 and God wants to do this in our life. He wants us to surrender. I, I was talking about it earlier. When I was born again, that was really, it was like the ticket. It was like the ticket. That's what it was. Uh, I, I had a trip planned. We were flying out today. We had tickets. And, uh, and and we were going. And 
I got it on my computer. I should have printed it out and brought it. I got the ticket. But I'm not on the flight. And I'm not going to make the trip. Because it wasn't the will of God, the plan of God for me to do that for such a time as this. But in the kingdom of God, salvation is the ticket. But that doesn't mean you're on the boat. You've got to do the will of God and the plan of God. You've got to surrender your life to Him. So many people will come up here and they will, they will pray through the Holy Ghost. They'll get baptized and go on about their life, but they never commit themselves to God. They, they have a one-time experience and they walk away unchanged and never live for Him. But you can ask them, oh, I got saved back there at that church on June 19th of such and such a year. But it never changed them. Never changed them. And, and, and if you get the ticket of salvation, it's the ticket. It's the plan. It's showing you we're going to this destination. But you're not there yet. And to get there, there's some things you've got to do. You've got to pack your bags. You've got to grab some essentials. You've got to get some things and keep some things and live for Him. And that way God can see you through. But too many people in this world, they come have a one-time experience. And I'm not discounting that experience. And I know a lot of people say, well, Pastor, once you're saved, aren't you always saved? And I'm going to say, no. church and thinking about fishing. But spirituality is fishing and thinking about coming to church. I don't know that I wholeheartedly agree with that meme. I mean, I, I just threw it out there as a meme. I didn't agree with it, but I will say this. Too much of religion as we have developed spiritually into these people that we put so much on one experience right. and not on a lifestyle. Right. Right. That what we do is we come up here. I think I'm in a Pentecostal church. I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm not saying this to anybody. We come in here and we talk in tongues and we say, I'm good. Right. Right. And we go out by Saturday night, we're at the club. I'm going to get back to church on Sunday. Come on. Oh, before you know it, we're up here talking in tongues. Come on. Come on. Then we go back out. And we're at the bar on Friday night. Yeah. 
on Sunday, we come back in here, oh man, I'm in trouble. And then we leave here, and we run out there, and I don't know where some, where else are we at? Y'all help me out. Party, party, and they're not talking about a seven-year-old's party. Where did you say? I heard you say something. Gentlemen's club. Gentlemen. Oh, I better get back to church quick. Let me first one in. We got to get to where we. We got to work it up. We got to build it up. I got to talk in tongues, so I'll be all right. That is not relationship. Because relationship, relationship, relationship is coming in here and living for God. And if you didn't go to the club on Saturday, it's coming up here in the spirit of saying, God, I'll never do that again. I never want to do that again. Forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, it was a mistake. God, it was a one-time mistake. I've got to have. I'm not perfect. You know what? Jesus was perfect. And Jesus wouldn't have made the mistakes I made. And, uh, you know, I know Jesus got mad, but he wouldn't get mad like I get mad. Jesus wouldn't say things that I know I say sometimes. Can I get an amen? Perfect. We're being perfected. We're walking toward Him. Hallelujah. We're going toward Him. We, we talked about Joseph. And he was 17 years old. He had a plan. He had the will of God by the horns. 
and he expected everybody to be excited for him and behind him and just, yes, this is great. Let's all do this. And they weren't. And, uh, and then before you know it, the 17-year-old was sold out. He was thrown in a pit by his own brothers. Now, how would you feel if Squish threw you in Y'all just, you know, y'all, y'all went to see this pit for your family vacation. You're all standing around that pit. Everybody turns around for a second. About that time, Squish just goes. <laughs> I know she wouldn't do that. I know Squish wouldn't do that. She might throw her sister in the pit. upsetting that your own sister threw you in a pit. and the weeks, and the months, and the years, and now even the decades have 
feel a little wild out there. There's somebody out here. God's called you to missions. God's called you to evangelize. God's called you to pastor or preach. But you don't have training. Might be your first time in here. I don't know. But I'm wild enough about my Jesus to know whatever it is he tells me to do. He will see me through. He will see me through. Am I going to be thrown in some pits? Yes, I'm going to be thrown in some pits. Are some lies going to be told about me? Yes, some lies are going to be told about me. Am I, am I going to be in, in some kind of prison? Maybe not physical, but some kind of prison at times? Yes, I'm going to find myself in some types of prisons at times. Am I going to feel like I've been forgotten about by everybody else? Yes, I'm going to feel like I've been forgotten about by everybody else. But can I tell you what? God is using all of that to take you to somewhere that He is wanting you to go. And it doesn't matter if you're 7 or 73, if you're 16 or 60, God's got a dream and a vision that He has placed in your life. Well, you don't understand who I am. I, I do. I do. And as you are a child of God and the hand of God is upon your life right now, and God has brought you in here just like He brought me into a church like this one time and started tugging on my heart and reaching for me and pulling for me. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give him a hand of prayer. <laughs> Ultimately, Joseph saved his family. Yes, yes. It was a drought, a famine. And, and, and he was over all of Egypt and over all the food during this drought. And every, all of Jacob's sons had food. Right. And they were good. Because Joseph was over the storehouses. He was the governor. He was the man. He was the man. I'm sure he would probably traded all that stuff he had went through. Said, now nah, I'll pass on going through all of that. And let somebody else be the man. But that wasn't God's plan. Right. 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 And, and so he led them to this place. And then there arose up a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. He led them out of bondage into freedom to ultimately become bondage all over again. And then God raised up Moses. And Moses' plan and purpose was he was going to lead them out of bondage that Joseph had somewhat led him into. And Moses ultimately led them through the Red Sea deliverance. And walking through this wilderness experience. Sometimes you have to, before you get to your promised land, you have to go through some wilderness experiences. You have to go through some wilderness experiences. Then Moses died. Then Moses died. And Joshua rose up. Joshua is such a lesson on leadership 
when Aaron and everyone else made the golden calf and went into idolatry, Joshua stayed outside of that waiting on Moses to come back down from the mountain. And then when it was time for Moses to pass, Joshua was the one man counted worthy. What, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking to some Josephs this morning. I'm talking to some Moseses this morning. I'm talking to some Joshuas this morning. That God wants to do a work in your life that's beyond what you are, beyond what you think, and beyond today. Alright, sometimes we get stuck on today. You got to get off today. And you got to realize God's plan is bigger than just what's going to happen today. But God wants to do some things in your life, through your life, for this life. Oh, hallelujah. And, and then if, if we move on. So, so Joshua had this long, lengthy time in the waiting room. He learned through following how to be the greatest leader. And ultimately led the people of God into the promised land because of the lessons he learned sitting under Moses, working with Moses, and waiting. And then when God said it's time, then all of a sudden it was time and Joshua became the man that led them to the promised land. Hallelujah. But then in, if we read in Hebrews 11, by faith Moses, and I'm getting ready to close if she'll start playing something beautiful here when he was born was in three months of his parents and uh, he chose verse 25 rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season young people it's so easy to think you're going to miss something when you commit to God I could go through a list of what you're missing you want to miss it. Because those pleasures of sin for a season have a price for a lifetime. And what Moses did, he forsook that. I don't want to enjoy that. He could have had anything in Egypt he wanted. He could have done anything he wanted, but he forsook that. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assayed to go down were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were compassed about seven days. And then last, I want to mention this one. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. When she had received the spies with peace, here in Hebrews chapter 11, it mentions Moses, it mentions Noah, it mentions all these great men and women of God, and here is Rahab, who was a prostitute. But when God spoke into her life, she responded and she listened. No matter how, sometimes we come in here and say, God, you don't know my past. God doesn't care about your past. He wants to cover you with his blood. Your past does not matter. But then I want to say this in closing. In Joshua 7, uh, they, they are seeking, they are, they are getting their promises. 
But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achim, the son of Parmai, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And, and, and it goes through, and he, he, had, he admits, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, popped up on the website, I had to have it. It was 50% off, God. 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, 50 shekels weight. He says, then I coveted them and took them. So we here have Achan missing out on the Hebrews' hall of faith. But we've got a heart of Rahab being mentioned as a woman of faith. You say no matter where you come from, no matter what your background, no matter what your history, God is knocking on the door of your heart this morning. He's reaching, He's pulling, He's tugging. He wants you to do something for His plan, His will. And sometimes that's not what you want to do. Sometimes it's not what you agree to do. And you're not like, yes, God, I want to give that up for this. No, but you have to. And I promise every time you do, He blesses you. I was, I didn't realize this. I had gotten this job offer. I've told y'all this before. It was at a fire department that I wanted to work at. And it was a great job, a new department. I was going to be able to gain rank. You know what I mean? All those promises, all those things, great benefits, all this training. And, and, and they were promising me this job. And it's Friday. And I, I've already worked my notice out at my job. And it's Friday. I start Monday. They're sending me to Forsyth to the Georgia Public Safety Training Center to start school. And I'm going to be in school for six weeks. And then I'm going to come back and they're going to train me for another six weeks. And it, it, everything looks good and it looks right. And I'm excited and I'm telling everybody about it. How's that job? You excited? Yeah, I'm excited about my job. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. And I go into prayer on Friday morning in my prayer room about 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. And I begin to pray. And all of a sudden my prayer changes. And, and I, because I'm praying the will of God, I'm excited. And I'm, you know, God bless this. It's about to be a mess, right? I don't know it, but uh, bless this. It's about to be a mess. And, and all of a sudden, I shifted and welled up, and tears started coming out. And I knew right then what God was about to speak into my life. I was like, You're fixing to take this from me, aren't you? You're fixing to take this from me. That, that's, how, that's how I felt. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, hey, I don't know how you probably. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, that's, that's, legitimate. Yeah, that's what's going on here. And about that time, those tears start falling. And I realize God wants that job. And I came out of the prayer room and I told my wife, I got to go quit that job. I hadn't even started it yet. And I called the chief. Couldn't get him. After about three times, I finally left him a message. Chief, I won't be there Monday. That does all you do. Because God said you can't take that job. Because I'm about to open up something in your life. This is what he told me in prayer. I'm about to open up something in your life. That what's going to happen, you're going to work there for eight weeks. And you're going to get all this training. They're pouring $78,000 into your training. And then you're going to have to go in there and tell them you're quitting. 
And then he, he, the Lord told me, it's going to be difficult for you to do that. It's going to be hard for you to go in there and quit after they've spent that money training you. My will is about to open up. I'm about to do something. I cried. I called the chief. I called my other job to see if I might could have it back. Y'all ever done that? Have you noticed it? Can I have my job back? And probably two months later, I got a phone call to come pastor this church. I thought God was taking something from me. He wasn't taking something from me. He was giving something to me. But I couldn't discern that at that point in time. I had to get to the, can I tell somebody, God's dealing with your heart and your life this morning. And He's letting you know there's some things you got to give up. But if you'll let go of those things, He's got so much more that He wants to give you. Could you stand? She's going to begin to sing. Let's call on the name of Jesus. There's some Moseses in here. There's some missionaries in here. There's some Abrahams in this place. There's some Rahabs in this place. And God wants to use you right now and draw you because He's got great plans for your life. You can't see the whole picture, but trust me, the Lord is pulling. He is tugging. He is reaching. He is calling. And you came in here with all these great things that's going to happen in God's life. Put them in my hands. Put them in my hands. Trust me with them. He's not even saying you got to give something up. He's just saying, will you trust me with it? Will you come bring it to an altar? Will you come lay it down at my feet and give it to me as a sacrifice? And let me decide with you if this is my will and my plan for your life. I believe there's a call going forth this morning. I believe God is reaching for a call in ministry. God is, is pulling and tugging at some this morning. And he wants you to do his will. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. But he needs you to give something up in order for him to pour something in right now. Would you call on his name? Could you call on his name right now? These young people that graduated, you're entering a new phase in life. Would you just come pray and ask God, help me with all these decisions, with all of these choices. I, I just surrender them to you, God. Let's do this.
God is God is tugging and He is pulling. And he is calling.
want to ask Sister Simone to come up front. You can come right there, Sister Simone. She's going to be going out to Virginia, so her and her family are relocating to Virginia. We want to pray with her, ask the Lord's blessings over her and the family as she goes. Let's continue to lift up God.
sacrifice before God. That we don't have to leave the building holding on to something that's going to affect that relationship. God's calling us to something greater. Is our opportunity for a dream to be fulfilled. To be in the presence of God. To be in the will of God. We know that there's grace and there's mercy and I'm thankful for this dispensation of grace. But more than that, we need relationship. We need a closeness with him. Pastor spoke of no one being able to pull us out of the grip of God. But we definitely can jump out, remove ourselves from that grip. I want to be in his will. I want to do the things that God has called me to do. Amen. Even if it goes against what I would want. I am one of those introverted preachers that he was speaking about. I'd love to just sit in a, a chair over in the corner away from everyone, but that's not what he called me to do. Amen. He's called you for such a time as this to answer to his will in the name of Jesus. There's many right now answering in the spirit. The presence of God is moving. This is a great opportunity. Don't miss it. Step off into the presence of God. Don't hold back. Give him all that you have right now. His presence is in the building. You stepped in here, you can step into his presence. Receive what God has for you. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask uh, those that are assisting with the tithes and offering to come forward. Don't, don't let that interfere with your worship. Don't allow that to interfere with the time that you're spending with the Lord. Continue to worship. Continue to pray. They're going to come forth. We have ways to give that are here on the screen. Those that are with us online, those that are here in the service, you can give by text. You can give online. And we also have the number that you can call into we have our events that's coming up for this week. Join us on Tuesday for our midweek service. We've been going through a series on Revelation. You don't want to miss. Come have service with us during the week. Let that be another opportunity for you and your relationship with the Lord to draw near to him through his word. We're going to pray. Lord, we thank you so much for all of your blessings, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for every provision. All that we have belongs to you. You're a good God. Oh Lord, you're a good God. You're a great God. Oh Lord, we owe it all to you, Lord Jesus. Worthy to be praised and lifted up. Worthy, oh Lord God, for us to say hallelujah, to give you the
praise, all the honor. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, this is an opportunity to give him praise. Don't hold back. Go ahead and give God praise. Even in the offering, we can offer over all that we have. All our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, it belongs to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, and we won't cease, oh, God, to give an entire offering even today. Lord, a portion of what you've given us, we won't hold back. We ask you to bless this offering, bless this time, bless this present body. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You can continue to worship him, continue to come, give in the tithe and offering. We have the bag here, or you can give uh, by car. Please come and give. Continue to worship, continue to lift up God. Magnify him, praise him, he's worthy. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. 